Welcome, everyone, to another episode of After Further Review. Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor is our producer, and it is our 75th episode, John. That's why I had to have a little extra on that one. And the further is getting a lot more love from you, New, after <laughs> further review, as if we've had to go even deeper into yeah. this week's uh, happenings in sports. Yes, in, indeed. I mean, there's so much to look at. There's so much yeah. happening. We had an NBA Finals, uh, an MLB, ALCS game, and a major NFL uh, and college football over the weekend. That yeah. will never happen again, hopefully. Uh, and it was just tremendous. But, uh, yeah, our 75th episode, some sort of a momentous occasion, I would think, John. Or, or do you think it just means, you know, basically a lot of noise signifying nothing? Means seventy-five unpaid performances by you and I. Is what it means. <laughs> That's the truth. How about yep. that? Seventy-five unpaid performances. And my wife is still. I have to say, Jody, uh, who is, as you know, uh, infrequently impressed by anything I do. In fact, uh, very much otherwise. It's uh-huh. just I am a, a. I'm a. I'm a parade of dis, uh, disappointment down the main street of her town. Um, it, wow. She is. Uh, she, she, she's down actually impressed that we're still out. Town. That sounds. Gosh, <laughs> that sounds like I don't know Tom Waits or something. I don't know. Ooh, I, I like that. I like that very much. Well, I hope I don't fall in love with you. I love me some Tom Waits. Well done. After hours, Tom Waits, one of the great albums that uh, a lot of people listening may not have uh, ever heard. You know, because I don't like his voice. Right. (laughs) Okay. So at any rate, Jody is unimpressed with most of what you do. Mm -hmm. And yet you're about to do an and yet. She's pretty impressed that we've done that. We've stuck with this. I mean, she knows both of us. Uh So I mean, Uh what are the odds that you and I would ever follow through with anything? Um, It is. I I think it's illustrative that the thing we follow through to with is the thing that is uh, that is not going to benefit us monetarily in any way. God forbid we do anything that could be, you know, monetarily. Yeah. Beneficial. Yeah. No, no, no. We're very good at at following through on things that do not benefit us. Yeah. When I want to when I want to listen to every Beatles album in in a row uh, one day and do nothing else but do that and drink scotch, I will follow through with that. I will follow through with that every time. But if it's like, hey, dude, uh, you got to get that video in for that national commercial that could pay you more than you've made all year. Like, "Mm, I got 20 minutes. I'm going to watch a World War II video on YouTube. Mm, not doing speaking, it. speaking of the Beatles, uh, you know, the Rolling Stone, I don't know, about seven, every seven or eight years seems to 500. release 500. And they, they've released one now in 2020. They got kind of ripped uh, in 2012 because it was very, very white. You know, very white male, and, and very like baby. baby boomer white male too, which they get always get accused yeah. of. Is it like you know forty years like, old? There's know. nothing like you know in the last ten years. Everything's forty, fifty right. years old. Yeah. So this time they 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 took that advice, and the only Beatles album in the top ten is Abbey Road at number five. Mm-hmm. And you got what's going on number one, Marvin yeah. Gaye. Yeah, that was no. I remember. The, I think the first time one of these came out, I re, I was in college. I think my roommate got um, um, Rolling Stone at the time. And I believe the, uh, at that point, and this would have been like the 80s, the mid to late 80s. And what's going on was the number three album, if I remember correctly, at that time. I think it was uh, Sergeant Pepper. I mean, Sergeant uh, Pepper and Revolver and Blonde and, on Blonde, I think, was second. And then yeah. Marvin Gaye, and then maybe Exile on Main Street. So they've, they've shuffled around a little bit. They have. I don't think the Stones make any top 10. Uh, you know, it's much more diverse, much more female. Centric, they've, so they've added and, in hip hop and stuff, which they hadn't hadn't really done much before. 
You know, maybe the odd, still, maybe the odd Beastie still, Boys uh, It's still album. pretty old, though. You've got What's Going On, which is 71, which is almost 50 years old. Mm-hmm. I think, too, is Pet Sounds. So Pet Sounds got – and that's a, that holds up. That's But that's a 54-year-old album. Right. Then you've got Joni Mitchell, and I'm I'm assuming her, her best Blue. album. Yeah. It's Blue, I that's, believe. That's number three, but that's 45 years old, right. if not older. And then four is Stevie is uh, Stevie Wonder um, songs in the key of life. Yeah, so that's probably another forty five years or forty two years or whatever it is. And then it's and then it's Abbey Road, and that's the first one, uh, the first time the Beatles get a mention. And I don't think Dylan's in the top ten. I don't think uh, the Stones are in the top ten. I don't think Springsteen's in the top ten. So it's interesting. You know, I mean, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, these are all it's subjective. It, it's all reactive. It's like so did right. Did I Abbey Road to, get worse? Rubber Soul get worse? No, but I, you know what? And why I think Abbey Road j- jumped up over Revolver and Pepper, which generally maybe Rubber Soul are generally, yeah. if you're in these lists, sometimes finish ahead of that, maybe the White Album as well, um, is that, you know, as we as we get further away from these albums, it's the ones that younger people still listen to. And Abbey Road has some stuff on there that I think here comes the sun come together, which you hear more frequently um, in movies and you hear. So they're more aware of that. So the sun is the most downloaded Beatles song right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's not stream, not downloaded stream, stream, stream loaded. Right. And George Harrison is the favorite Beatle. Stream loaded. <laughs> we're that's, just, that's that's the old white guy way of saying yeah, it. Exactly. It's stream loaded. loaded on the internet machine. Speaking in the machine. Isn't it downstream? It's, it's, it's downstream it's down on the internet is what you have to do. It's on the inner tubes. So, uh, uh, so much, so much going on. So much to talk about in the NFL. We'll get to that in a bit. And it's just, uh, but before we get into that, and there was you know, obviously very sad news about Dak Prescott. And, uh, you know, it seems like every other year or so there's this kind of horrific injury that everyone can see a thousand different times. But let's talk about let's talk about the amount of Major League Baseball Hall of Famers, John Pelkey, who have passed this year. I have the list here in case. Why did I I know that? In case you were wondering, I'd forgot about Al Kaline till I read it. Today. Exactly, Joe Morgan, of course, passed away today. One of the best, and as a broadcaster uh, too, I, I loved Joe Morgan and John Miller. They were next to next to listening to Vin Scully do a, a game by himself. Miller and and I, both you and I have soft spots for Miller because he was a Giants and an Orioles play by play broadcaster. Yes. And Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan, the uh, I think the education I got from Joe Morgan listening to those games, uh, just talk about somebody in you know, the second baseman, of course, because we've always talked about defense up the middle. You know, it's it's catchers, yeah. second baseman, shortstops. Those are the ones who have the, the greatest center, center fielders, center fielders to, to a little bit of a lesser extent. But those are the guys who have really the whole field in their mind at all times. And uh, he was just great at explaining what was happening, why you would you know, why would you pinch hit in this situation? Situation. Why are you have? Why is the the take sign on in this situation when it seems like a uh, a pro batter count? So it just just he's a giant as a player and a, I think uh, one of the finest uh, former player uh, color commentators ever in baseball. I, I agree with and that. One of, one of the best second baseman ever, Hall yeah. of Famer, obviously, and one of my favorites. Really, one of my favorites. Now he played with the Giants just for a bit. But he was key in 1982 when the Giants <laughs> late the season. And if you can go back to the Giants-Dodgers deep dive, which a lot of people say is the uh, 
is their favorite part of it after further review, John. And when I say a lot of people, I mean three or four. Um, you were going to try to bully me into doing a deep dive that I don't want to do, and it's not going to happen. I, something's got to strike me. Something's got to. It. I. I'm the. I'm the guy. I'm not the guy who sits every day and writes the song. It's like I'm going to give myself twenty minutes and I'm going to plan. No, no, no. I need inspiration. I need to be inspired. No, I, I get you. As of you. As do I. As do I. And there's so much sports on. We're not going to get the things. There are college football games that. Other national shows will be talking about. We're not even going to be able to talk about because there's just too much. There is too much. But Joe Morgan uh, loomed large in the Giants um, mythology in 1982. Yeah. And uh, I, one of my favorites. And he's gone. And we just did the we did the big red machine. I, I talked about him then. I talked about him then. In the So he, he made an appearance in two of our deep dives. Obviously, just the other day, uh, the last time we did a show a Friday, Whitey Ford passed away, 91. Now, Joe Morgan was 77. That seems young to us now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the older we get, seven, you know, 77 seems easy. Yeah. Slightly seems over two young. decades for me and under that for you. So, yeah, that doesn't – we don't want to hear that. We, and at this point, I'm comfortable with anybody 80 or over. But under that, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm thinking now. 85 plus. I'll be okay. Bob All Gibson right. was 85. Yeah. Uh, Lou Brock was 83, 82. Tom Seaver. I think was in his seventies and Al Kaline, who must've been in his nineties. Uh, that is a lot. That is three. That is six hall of famers. Yeah. Major hall of famers in the sense that, well, I, I say major hall of famers in terms of you and I, in terms of our demographic, even people younger than us, certainly a few people that are the, the few that remain that are older than us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a small segment of society no, it, at this it's point, smaller, isn't it? Smaller, isn't it? You know? dude, it, really, it really is. So it does get smaller. Um, but certainly our era, following baseball, those are massive, massive names, and it's just noteworthy to, to, to bring up, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, and I think part of it too is because you know you were born in '60 and I was born in '64, and we are such children of mass communications. I mean, we were the first generation that got you know consistent highlights that you didn't get in a you know people found out the Heisman Trophy winner in the forties, fifties, and even maybe some of them in the early sixties, because there was a, uh, there was a news short before a movie they went to. And we were, we were inundated with these guys. And we yeah. joke about how, you know, it used to be Sunday afternoon baseball for us or Saturday afternoon baseball, and maybe the odd Sunday game. And we didn't get to see a lot, but we still got to see so much more than, uh, than our parents and certainly oh, our yeah. grandparents. So these guys are just, they're at the tip of our, the tongue for us base, you know, we know baseball players that were, you know, moderately decent players as well or better than people knew hall of famers back in the day. So it, uh, it's, it's just going to keep adding up our musical stars, the people we know from film and television, our athletes. Um, it's just going to be an endless parade of sorrow down the main street of my life. Since you like my, wow, I like it. Uh, you've been very eloquent today Thank so far you. you mentioned mass communication and it brings up the uh you know if you'd come today you'd have reached a whole nation israel and 4 bc <laughs> yeah, I know no mass mass communication. don't you get me wrong don't you get me wrong don't Only you get me wrong <laughs> <laughs> i just so, read you know interestingly about that as we stay on music and just because you know frankly not? there's too much to talk about i just read a great interview with ian gillian of uh, the deep purple lead singer Absolutely. and uh, and a black sabbath uh lead singer who literally admits he got really really drunk 
while talking to the guys from Black Sabbath. And the next day, his manager called him and said, uh, you know, you really ought to, shouldn't make business deals when you're drinking. And he had no idea what had happened. But he had acquiesced to be the lead singer for Black Sabbath for a while, Ian Gillian, um, and had no memory of that, which is, you know, it's like a great John Mulaney uh, bit. If you like stand up John Mulaney talking about uh, he, where he would not would black out he would get black out drunk and you know and he goes and it would be disturbing that i would i would have a little bit of money in my wallet and i'd black out and then there'd be no money in my wallet he goes what was more disturbing was when i would have a little bit of money in my wallet and i'd black out and then i'd have more money in my wallet <laughs> realizing that i'd traded goods or services for cash and he's so funny because he's so all-American looking. He's so yeah, yeah, kind of that just on the verge of nerdy. Um, yes, yes. Guy. But uh, yeah, uh, he's hilarious. All right, so let's go to progressive trivia. Are we ready, Jeff, for progressive trivia at this point in time? I'd love to see it. Look and at that. How yes. about that? Uh, go ahead, Johnny. This is your progressive trivia. Go ahead and give us the clues. All right. I spent 20 plus seasons in the majors, 12 time all-star, uh, seven time gold Glover. I never played a day in the minors, never played in the minors. That's outstanding. Bad, batted 208 in the postseason. Yes. You know, some guys are Russell Wilson and some guys ain't. And I know this is, you know, it's a baseball player, but yeah, not, not a good postseason uh, player. But uh, 20 plus years in the majors, 12 time all star, hell of a player. Pretty famous postseason uh, clam to some degree, and that's an extra added hint. But you're right. You mentioned Russell Wilson. It's a perfect segue to the NFL. He did not let's, have a good game. And, but, and, but and then start had a there, amazing. He, he is as clutch he as really anyone I have ever, ever seen. Yeah. You can never count him out. He'll yeah. run to get the first down. He'll it'll be fourth and twenty. He'll find someone open. He and and this is the second time, by the way, the the Seahawks, who easily should be three and two. Remember the uh, the play against the Patriots, mm -hmm. the second and it was like fourth and one at the goal line, and they would win. They couldn't get in. Last night, Minnesota, inexplicably Minnesota, who seems to have figured things out a little bit. They're playing better, yes. They uh, were ready to take a, uh, an eight-point lead if they would have gotten a field goal or if they would have gotten a touchdown, put it out of reach. Yeah. One yard, couldn't make the one yard. And so all, all Russell Wilson had to do in the last, oh, 147 is drive 96 yards <laughs> and did it. Yeah. I, I think it's – it, it's the only problem with Russell Wilson is who he plays for. Otherwise, I would be extolling him. I would be singing about him from the rooftops because he is probably the most remarkable quarterback I've ever seen, to tell you the truth. He and and the thing about it is, uh, is there were two things about that scenario that you just broke down. The the drive, certainly remarkable and you know, at their, their expectations of Russell Wilson. When we saw, when I saw where they were and what kind of time they had left, I would have taken the bet that he would go down and yes. score because he's Russell Wilson. But they didn't kick the field goal, which in retrospect, and, and in fact, at the time, I was I thought, yeah, mm, you know, if you kick this, it's an eight points. You're going to require that he go down not only and score the touchdown, but pick up the two-point conversion as well. I think the odds are with you on that, but because it's Russell Wilson, I think the thinking was we can't take that chance. We we we've got to try to put it out of reach. You we know, gotta win this thing. We gotta win this thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I thought it was a good call. I mean, it just I, didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, again, in it's hard, it's hard in, not in retrospect. At the time, though, I will say that I thought, yeah, I, I think I'd 
I, I think I'd force the touchdown and the two-point conversion because if you miss here, then all he needs is the touchdown. He doesn't need any conversion whatsoever, frankly, uh, and, and they win the game. It, uh, and he was, he was, in my mind, the one reason that had more to do with how uh, Mike Zimmer felt about his defense, with how he felt about how his offense picking it up. I think that whole decision was based on the fact that we cannot give Russell Wilson the ball back um, we, we don't want to take the chance of giving him the ball back as we did, which was with a touchdown winning the football game. He's he's incredible. And he's just unbelievable. Incredible. And then we have to talk about Dak Prescott and the <sighs> horrific injury. And of course, everyone you know gloms onto the story about not taking the deal that he was offered. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to go there either. And it's uh, interesting because. <laughs> I don't know what to think about the Cowboys because they've got two wins they shouldn't have. They should be mm-hmm. 0-5. Yeah. And they're figuring it out. And they may, you know, they're going to probably win the division and they can win it at 6-10 and 10 or 7-9. and nine. Well, in the and, signing of Andy Dalton and his choice to go there where he and, had a lot of choices, apparently including New England. And uh, he's from the Dallas area. That had something to do with it. But he is a solid quarterback. And I know there were some clunky ways that people talked about it, particularly um, uh, Tony Dungy, who had said, you know, uh, made the unfortunate phrase about blessing in disguise with the DAC injury. But I think what he's trying to say, and I think what a lot of people are trying to say, is that now you have a guy known as a game manager um, and you have Ezekiel Elliott, what you really need to get back to doing is running the football more consistently. You have wide receivers that can make plays for you, but that's only going to happen if you uh, if you stick to your plan to run the football. And they've, they've been uh, schizophrenic offensively, and it's, it's nothing against Dak, but they have a solid backup quarterback, and they may, to, to the point, Mark, as they seem to be figuring some things out, though, defensively, they still really, really need to button themselves. I mean, are they, though? I mean, the Giants, who were one of the most inept offensive units, <laughs> Got look like Kansas 30, City against them. 34 point, whatever they got against them. I mean, I, you yeah. know, they've got a lot to figure out defensively, but I do agree with you about Andy Dalton. I, because really, yes, Dak Prescott was being compared to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson this year in terms of, but, but that's because a lot of those yards, and I don't mean to say it like this, but they were kind of in garbage time. Yes, in a couple of instances, they brought the team all the way back. Yeah. But it's like in the, in late third quarter, fourth quarter if you're you know everyone's playing prevent essentially against you and it's not you can't look at those numbers the same way i think that uh having this you know matriculating type of quarterback who just you know moves his way down the field manages the game to your point that could that could change things up a little bit in dallas and help them i agree with you john i don't think think it makes them better makes me it, it just annoys the hell out of me. To yeah, tell you the I, truth. I, I don't it think annoys it, me that Dak going down is going to help them. Yeah, I don't think it makes them better. I'm not saying they're going to be a better offensive team without Dak Prescott. It's just going to help them uh, but, in terms of in terms of winning. It, the team may have to will, will have to button themselves up a little bit. Not yep. you know knowing that we have a solid quarterback in there. We don't have a guy who's going to make maybe the you know the the, the play that the that Dak can make using with his legs or that sort of thing. But that may refocus because to, to our point here, if the defense doesn't button it up, 
it's not going to matter. Even if you do win the division, which you could do at seven and nine, you are going to be cannon fodder in the playoffs with that with that defense. And the defenses have not caught up with the offenses quite yet in the NFL or college football. I think we're, co- that, we're certainly seen in college that is, football. That is true. Although um, I will say the Miami Dolphins defense has caught up, uh, and the Niners defense hasn't caught up with the nine. I mean that game yesterday. I mean, would you say that's one of the more shocking games you've seen in? The last few years. Well, yeah, it is until, in terms of the score. At yeah, least. the score certainly it it was shocking for me. But knowing as much as I do about the Niners and their injury situation, because you know we we do the show, and then you you certainly have brought it up uh, numerous occasions. And you're those. not you're not incorrect. You're you're right about it. Um, also, throw in the fact that you know Ryan Fitzpatrick inexplicably has two games a year, and sometimes he puts like three or four together where he is he is just the magic man. And uh, he, he certainly made that uh, 49er defense look bad, bad, bad yesterday. And you worry, watching that game, you, you just worry that the Niners, because it creeps into guy, it can't help but with all the injuries. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, part of his is, you know, that sometimes first game back off injuries, it, it takes you a while to feel comfortable. And there were times where he looked like his footwork was that he was a little bit antsy in the pocket. He's not uh, so stepping. That, he's not stepping into his throws. He's, and trying he's to force very, some things. Uh, happy that, yeah. And trying to force some things that he doesn't really as good as he is. He, he's not that guy. He's not Brett Favre, you know, in, in those situations. Um, so I think, I think there was a lot going on there outside of, uh, that, that make me s- surprised, it, not shocked, frankly. I'm hearing whispers already about Shanahan because pulling Nick Mullins too quickly <laughs> the week before right. and then pulling Garoppolo and sort of blaming everyone except himself for things. Uh, and, and it, of course that's ridiculous. It is, but. But if you don't pull a quarter, if you pull a quarterback too late, then they're going to say, ah, you know, yeah, yeah. And and his point was that the way the game was going, he was just going to be, he was going to be cannon fodder. He was going to, he was, they were just going to tee off because they were going to have to pass the whole second half. Sure. Yeah. What's the upside of that? That offensive line is not where it needs to be. Trent Williams is not where he needs to be, uh, late of Washington. The, the defensive secondary is completely decimated. The, the defensive front four is decimated. Yeah. And um, they're a mess. They're a mess right now. And now they have a, now they have a stretch where they play the Rams a couple times, <laughs> Packers, the Saints, the Patriots, the Seahawks a couple times. Eee. I mean, this could get ugly pretty quick. With Put in Rudy. Back. Play the backups because, you know, maybe, maybe it makes some sense to get some guys in there with some – uh, live fire play because you probably, I know it's early, but you look around at that division, look at what the Rams have been able to do. You look at Russell Wilson there. Arizona is hot and cold, but my goodness, they, if they, if they're on, they're a tough out. It's probably not your year. And to criticize probably Shanahan not. though, I think it's pretty silly at this point. Yeah, it really is. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Uh, the Vegas Raiders, Go in there. Derek Carr does something no Raider quarterback had done since Rich Gannon. <sighs> Former MVP Rich Gannon. In his MVP year, oh, yeah. by the way, in 02. Uh, and that's throw for 300 yards at Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing that no Raider quarterback since 02 right. 
has thrown for 300 yards. Derek Carr did it yesterday. The last time someone did it was Rich Gannon in his MVP year where the Raiders went to the Super Bowl. Let's um, remember it's Arrowhead, not packed to the gills. And part of the reason that Arrowhead is a tough place is that it is an incredibly loud stadium. It, number of people notwithstanding, it's it's just the way that it's constructed. It's a loud stadium. And part of the reason guys can't throw for as much because they can't audible as well. So there are reasons behind that. However, and Derek Carr's been having a good year. Remember I said coming into about that game, I thought that the, the Raiders might be able to put some points on the board against Kansas City. You did. You, um, I, I tried to wedge that into your shocks. John, I know. I know. And you mocked me for not hearing you properly. <laughs> no, Mark, I just said about this. The shocks are different. Yeah. You should have gone with it with your shock because right. what was your shock? My, what was your Washington, official the Washington, shock? The Washington football team. Who Now, they had a quarterback injury, and it was nice to see Alex Smith in, but actually the offense was playing a little bit better prior to that. That might not have been – I still don't think they would have won the thing. Uh, certainly, uh, Aaron Donald proved why he is, God, a man ag- um, amongst it's true. less it's true. impressive men <laughs> as a defensive lineman. You know, he's just – he 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 worked the Washington offensive line, and uh, but then once Alex Smith got in there, then it all just became, you know, it was great to see him, and and you know, never never have I been as uncomfortable watching the guy in the game as I was Alex Smith. Uh, but he took a couple of hits. He was a gamer. He made a couple of throws. Um, so uh, he uh, that was great to see. He's the comeback player of the year in the NFL already. So all of a sudden, the AFC North may have overcome the NFC West as the best division. The, the problem is, is you have a Cincinnati Bengals team that's, I think, 1-3-1. and one, But really, how much better are they than the San Francisco 49ers at this point in time? And you've got the Steelers who are undefeated. You've got yep. the Browns who are 4-1 and one now. Mm-hmm. And you've got the Ravens who are 4-1. and one. So uh, is there anything surprising about that? Were you surprised about – because I thought the Cleveland-Indianapolis game was sort of this – Fun early season matchup between two sort semi surprising teams, even though Cleveland got a lot of preseason love, but they always do, and everyone writes that off. Um, is there anything surprising about that win for Cleveland or about Pittsburgh's win? I mean, I, I thought actually Philadelphia played pretty gamely. They did, yeah. They were they, they hung around in that game, and they've got injury problems too. And uh, Carson Wentz certainly hadn't been playing to his potential. Uh, it, as far as Cleveland, I just thought the the Cleveland defense uh, preventing Indianapolis from running the ball. And as much as I like uh, Philip Rivers, and he's certainly shown signs, he does. You know, I think I, I don't think you want Philip Rivers throwing. I, Around thirty times is plenty for Philip Rivers because he oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. has he like, just has the 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 he'll make that and I know all interceptions are bad but he'll make that bad at the worst possible time in an in 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 the end zone or a pick six or something of that nature so I think I think we all thought we, we remember we talked about Cleveland coming into the season they were a very very sexy pick and then when they sure. you know, when they lost a game and we everybody got off the the bandwagon but I think they're a pretty good team i think as long as they run the football moderately well and let baker mayfield play off a play action um i think that they're a tough out and you're right they may have passed benefit of the fact that if i had the Bengals versus the 49ers right now might take the Bengals. might take the Bengals. yeah i do a pick pick them game sort of is i think it is yeah i really really do and pittsburgh um 
and that was not to your point it Philadelphia gave them a game and, and, and at times Pittsburgh didn't play particularly well. No, but um, Pittsburgh this year is, is doing what they need to do to, you know, win games that they don't win, win ugly. Seattle's winning ugly. Yeah. Pittsburgh's winning ugly. Yeah. By the um, way, can I just say, I want to say to Joe Connolly, Ernie Banks is not correct. Um, uh, the, the answer for our progressive trivia. It is not. All right. Banks. So let me ask you this. Huh? Cause I don't think Ernie Banks had any postseason at bats. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think they ever made the postseason in his career. Uh, if anyone's an NBA fan listening to the podcast of After Further Review the day after the NBA championship was settled, we apologize. We'll get to that in our next segment following our second set of progressive clues coming up right now. Here we go. It just seemed a little chalk, so we didn't feel like we had to lead with it. Exactly. Um, Spent 20-plus seasons in the majors, 12-time All-Star, seven-time Gold Glover, never played in the minors, batted 208 in the postseason. Our next set of clues. I hit 450-plus home runs, 1,800-plus RBI. Um, Not RB. Uh, I won a World Series. I won a World Series. Uh, played two collegiate sports in the Big Ten. That's probably the giveaway clue that people could be. Yep. Could Top be. 10 for MVP seven times and never won it. I apologize for the eye dropping off. That's my That's bad. Right. No, yes. no biggie. No, no biggie. But the two collegiate sports in the Big Ten, I almost yep. said what the sports were, but then I figured, you know, people would. Uh, it's a good enough clue right then and there. Yeah, if, if you remember, this guy was phenomenal. Um, So with the NBA, I know everyone just loves. It's like, can't you just enjoy? Oh, that? Skip Bayless! I wanted that, to. I wanted to attack. Oh, him. he's ridiculous. I actually tweeted him back. I, I said too. your your hate of your hatred of LeBron is laughable, but good on you. It's made you tons of cash. <laughs> um, at but, what you price? Know, yeah, at you know something about you know even you can't look at this performance. And and say that he wouldn't be. And let's let's say, how about we leave it at this, you guys? Because you know me, Jeff. I, I'm all about trying to find a consensus. You know, every brain matters. Right, left, middle. How about this? That any starting five, any historic starting five that you can make. If Kareem is the center, if Chamberlain is the center, if Shaq is the center, if Elijah Wan is the center, whatever it is. LeBron will be in any of those machinations. He will be a Jordan will always be the two and LeBron will always be the three or the four. Can we agree on that? At least. I'm certainly Paul Pierce available. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's what skip. Here's what skip. Here was skips first. I, I just have to say, Congrats, LeBron. You just beat a team that was 75 to 1 to get to the finals before the season started. One that lost its leading playoff score in game one and whose leading rebounder and energizer got hurt in game one and was never the same. That was the first thing. And I just, I tweeted back, your pettiness is really unattractive. Um, There's so much about you that's unattractive, Skip, and no amount of arm day in the gym is ever going to make that make up for that to be honest it's just it's inexplicable um there was a great point and i think it was probably cowherd today talking about the fact that you know michael jordan will always be the more exciting it was you know the marketing that went around michael jordan and you know the will always it will always seem that he is much bigger in, than 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 maybe he what even was a much bigger uh, uh, 
factor than he than he necessarily was. And that's not. And I still think Jordan is is the greatest of all time. If I'm gonna get one shot end of a game, if Robert Ory is not available, I take Michael Jordan. Um, but that Jordan and Kobe, they, that was very close together. Kobe was Michael, but not just not quite as good. And that what LeBron really is is more like Magic, and just a little bit better. And partially because better athlete, bigger, obviously bigger body. Uh, so and scores more points than Magic did. And scores more, more rebounds than Magic did. Right. And is only second to Magic all time in assists, at least playoff assists. And is there really any way to determine between Jordan and 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 uh, LeBron which one was more important or better? You, you can make arguments for for each side of that, but. Uh, yeah, the just the you know, it's dismissing awesome. Miami. First of all, dismissing Miami with the greatest coach in NBA history. I think we all agree, Eric Spolstra. By the way, uh, Jeff, he got a ton of love last night on Twitter and today. People saying, you know what? What, what this proved is that Eric Spolstra might be the best coach in the NBA right now, hands down. I'm a um, front runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. But now people just downgrading Miami. It's like, come on. Come on. And may, may, may I be the one billionth to say uh, kudos to uh, the NBA and Walt Disney World. Not a single positive test. The bubble I mean, worked. Seriously. The bubble seriously. worked. And we were and we were worried and guys breaking out of the bubble. But I think the couple of incidents of guys who broke out of the bubble and tried to do things outside of the protocol, I think they were called out, obviously, by the national media and people. Summarily, summarily other players and the and the NBA. And, Remember, uh, Vince they, Gully was going to just mow him down. Yes, yeah, so I think <laughs> I I'd lock them all in a room and set it on fire. Uh, Actually, yeah. didn't they get rings? The guys that broke the protocol. Yeah, they may very well have. Uh, so, it, uh, congratulations to them over there. I think we saw with that with what the NHL did, uh, with, with the WNBA was able to do in the MLS, is that the bubbles the bubbles are holding outside of the bubbles. It's still problematic, but the bubbles held and kudos to them. All of those folks over at Wide World of Sports, yep. people we used to work with, all Love Disney them. company, people we used to work with. Yes, um, uh, they, we, they did a great job and the NBA. All of them. And they put on I a would, really fun tournament. I would say that if you take any, any combination of a top five or a starting five, all-time starting five, you could probably make some arguments about the one who's the best point guard, maybe. You could probably you could make a lot of arguments who's the best five, right? And I would say the best two is going to be Jordan, regardless. Mm-hmm. And the best three slash four, I would say LeBron has to be in every one of those. Some of them there, he's a four. Some of them he's a three. Some of them Duncan is in the four. You know, sometimes you know Bird might make make an appearance. Sure, but every one of those. Starting fives. And let, let's just leave it at that because it's a team sport. It's not an individual sport. Let's just leave it at that. Would you agree? Jeff, I want to start with you because John's already said he agrees because he's a highly reasonable sports fan. Uh, how, how about you, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, he, he goes on the he goes on the squad. Yeah, I don't regardless. like him, but he's a, obviously a ph- phenomenal basketball player. So uh, Lakers win their 17th. They tie uh, the Celtics. I think it's uh, pretty amazing. He's the only superstar. I should have said this last Friday. He's the only (laughs) superstar to win three championships with three different teams. 
yeah. to win at least three championships with three different teams. We want to congratulate all of them and the NBA and Walt and Disney, the whole company, not just Walt Disney World, but Walt Disney World executed the plan uh, beautifully. All right, let's do another set of progressive trivia. Got a Mike Schmidt. Yeah, it is not way. Mike Schmidt. Yeah, not Mike Schmidt. And and Riley, uh, Joe Connolly, Riley's at, he's asking about Riley messages yesterday because Riley's a big uh, Dolphin, Dolphin fan. Man. Yep. Uh, I I was we were both respectful. I didn't I didn't text him anything during the game for fear he would you know think it was I was trying to jinx anything and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then he you know he didn't say anything until late you know until the until everything was settled. It was highly respectful and. You know, I, I well, give the Dolphins a lot. Of, I, I give the Dolphins a lot of credit. You know, it should not be just about how messed up the 49ers are. It should also be about what Bl- Brian Flores is doing with that team. Mm-hmm. And I think they are on a very good path back. I really do, and I think it's uh, exciting in Miami. It's really going to come down in Miami. Listen, because I, I think we uh, we're, we're seeing with Flores as far as uh, uh, I think the players are on the same page. People talked about last year, you know, even when they were losing games, it, it, you know, you had to fight them to the end. They fought to the end of games. They never yeah. rolled over. Yeah. And that's, you know, first year, they, that's a really positive thing to hear. And what it's really going to come down to is how do they develop Tua? Are they able to develop yeah. too? Because I, I yeah. think we all understand that Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, you get team could get to a playoff, certainly, but you're not going to win championships with Ryan Fitzpatrick more than likely, unless you have an 85 Bears like defense, which they don't. Um, and so it's about to and how you bring him along. And I really believe that the longer they have, yep. they wait, the I agree. better off they're going to be in the end. Um, I agree with that. All right, Johnny, progressive trivia time. All right, spent 20-plus seasons in the majors, 12-time All-Star, seven-time uh, Gold Glover, never played in the minors, batted 208 in the postseason, 450-plus home runs, 1,800-plus RBI. Uh, I won a World Series, played two collegiate sports in the Big Ten. I think, Mark, even there were 10 schools in the Big Ten. That's how old this guy is. Yeah, there you go. How about that? Top 10 for MVP seven times, never won. Played with Joe Carter and Al Leiter. There you go. So that's not as bad a clue as usually no, the played with clues are. normally not, John. That's actually uh, a pretty generous clue to our listeners. I, uh, I, I'm in the Hall of Fame. I played for six teams, and a team, owner, a team owner paid a mobster to dig up dirt on me. Come on. If you could put that in your autobiography, eh, at some point they got Johnny two times after me. See, George – oh, I shouldn't have said it, but I shouldn't have said it. Oh. I, I gave it away. That particular owner – That's all right. We're at the end of the clues anyway. So that particular owner, yeah. if, he, if he just would have – there we go. Yeah. If he just would have uh, been younger, born a little bit later, probably could have been the president of the United States. Maybe. <laughs> Certainly a possibility. <laughs> He made shipbuilding money just like Joe Kennedy. Characteristics as the president of the United States. He made shipbuilding money just like Joe Kennedy. So, and Joe Kennedy, if he hadn't been an appeaser, uh, he, you know, he might have been able That's to strut himself in there. It's certainly a possibility. That's where I am in my new Jack Kennedy biography that I'm reading. I'm writing 39. And when it's, you know, he's he becoming was, the smartest member of his family uh, at that Jack point is. in time. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. And, uh, no, I mean, I don't think Joe ever had a chance, and certainly all of his mistakes in 38 and 39 as the ambassador to Britain just sealed the deal with him. Yeah. And then, of course, and then of course he you know, blew it again 
by sealing the fates of his sons by making a deal with uh, the mob in Illinois. Yeah. Turn Cook County, which turned Illinois, which turned the election. Right. And then the first thing his sons do is go after, you know, don't thank them and leave them alone, which is what they thought they were getting right. for their for their work. Are you giggling? Uh, only little girls giggle. That great stuff in front of the house. You're not getting this on, uh, by the way, on. Uh, no, you are not getting. And, and Jeff can chime in with Dave in the pool well, float Jeff, or whatever your couple, show is. You're watching. He's got a couple books he's been reading lately, too, about uh, the Kennedys. And uh, you will never get this. Even Cowherd, who, who we uh, at least I feel is probably the best one out there. Yeah, he never talk about joking. He never gets past. He never gets past very, very basic. You know, he said it. He's pretty shallow. He's pretty shallow. He's like, I like blockbuster movies and top shelf. Top. First of all, top shelf vodka. Are you kidding me? All vodka comes out of the same vat that's never been washed in Minsk, and it just goes out one pipe into a different pipe. They put a little extra sugar in one, or there's pipes that haven't been washed. Top shelf vodka. Good my, lord. My favorite uh Kennedy book of is The Last 100 Days. But my second favorite book is a book that you'd be hard pressed to find called The Kennedys and the Fitzgeralds, which oh, I've is read it. Like, oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> a it's an awesome Yeah, uh, it is. how how both of those families got to where they were. Oh yeah, that's cool. And when you start looking at the right. early late 19th early 20th century politics in urban areas, I mean it is you want to talk about knuckle <laughs> Guys just, oh no! It, 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 it was it was blood sport back then. It yeah, you find out the Fitzgerald then. side was was really the more prominent side. Oh for god, a yeah, Honey Fitz. Oh yeah, Honey oh, Fitz. Yeah. Uh, who, by the way, no figures figures in uh, Ken Burns baseball series. And again, if you haven't watched the Ken Burns baseball documentary, you really need to because he was part of a, the Royal Rooters, which was a team, uh, which was a group of people rooting for the Red Sox back in that back in that day. And at one point, there's a World Series game called Because of Impending Darkness. You, know, you can call a game for Impending Darkness 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, at some point, it's going to get dark. It's going to get dark. Yeah, it's, yeah so just, just great, Pop, great, it's great It's going to get dark. It's going to so, get dark. Uh, Joe Connolly got, him, got it right. He got the progressive trivia right. Yes. Let's move on to uh, Major League Baseball, by the way. They're in the middle of their championship series, and it is the last thing we're talking about. Even Well, we're going to get to college football, too, I hope. Um, but the Rays are up one to nothing. because Two to one game. Yeah, and, and they continue to impress with their pitching. Blake Snell. And what I love about their pitching almost more than anything else, John, is that it's like Russell Wilson-esque. They get into these huge jams, and then they get out of them. Not just their starting pitching, but their bullpen as well. Well, that was the story of like yesterday's saw, game. What was it, Castillo that came in with the bases loaded? Yeah. One pitch? Well, that was the story of yesterday's game. I actually watched a good portion of that. Both teams left guys on bases. And both pitching staffs of both of those teams, the Astros and the Rays, pitched out of trouble again and again and again. You know, two men on, nobody down. They get the timely strikeout, infield pop-up. It was it was crazy. That was a crazy game. But that's the thing with the, man, this, this, this Tampa team, they just seem, they don't get, they don't get overly fired up. They don't, they just sort of just they're gritty. Keep, they keep playing. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was a big, big game one victory for them. I think, because I think a lot of people, myself included, were just kind of thinking, all right, the Astros, we get it. We get it. It's a year you're going to go back and prove that you can win or maybe not prove 
but you're going to get back to the World Series, and we'll see if you can do it without banging on a trash can. And it's, you know, the the Tampa – and I think Major League Baseball would prefer that. Certainly, I think they think they get better ratings out of it. But uh, I'm telling you, it's the I-75 series. I'm calling it. It's the I-75 series, Atlanta and Tampa. Golly, Moses. It's like a strip club series. It's like which your which your favorite strip it club is. town? It's like every strip club we've ever heard about that any athlete has ever gotten into. Any Atlanta or Tampa? It's either it's either Tampa or Atlanta. That's the truth. So thank God they're playing in a bubble. Otherwise, it would be. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh my goodness gracious me! Positive test after positive test. They'd be so uh, tonight. They're going to have fans. It's the first time we're going to have fans in Major League Baseball tonight. Maybe twelve thousand fans in Arlington. For the AL, for the NLCS between the Braves and the Dodgers, the uh, Dodgers are heavily favored. Uh, and and um, can Braves pitching hold up? I mean, it's been. I think their start line. You know, their pitcher tonight's going to hold up. I think, and, and Bueller's been pitching out of his mind. But uh, yeah, this is the first time. I no, this is only the fifth time ever. I think two teams have met in the postseason. Where they were one and two and run scored and one and two in home runs. Yeah. Which I also love. You know, I don't think the Braves I again I think they'll I think they'll push it to six. At three two, people will be saying sort of what we were saying about the about the heat yesterday or the day before. <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe, you know, but everyone sort of in the back of their mind knows. They're just right. overmatched. Although the Braves are, you know, the second best team and a very good team. And the Dodgers have a history of postseason um, failures and, and do the Braves. To your point, John, the Braves in the 1990s, uh, and, and as a matter of fact, the Astros have been to four straight ALCSs now. And the last time that happened in Major League Baseball was the Yankees 98 through uh, 01. But if you go back to earlier in that decade with the Braves, they went to eight straight and LCSs and uh, 94 doesn't count, but they went to 91, 92, 93, and then 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Yeah. yeah. They went to eight straight. <laughs> they had the same sort of, and, and the Dodgers have now won eight straight divisions. Mm. It, this, this is a tale of two teams that needs to exercise postseason demons. Yeah. And something's got to give. So that's kind of a fun story as well. It, it is. And, you know, the baseball, most recent demons are the, with stories. the most recent demons are the, the Dodgers. And that's why I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I believe the Dodgers will win going away tonight. And then they will lose four straight. <laughs> Braves four in five. Straight? By Braves in five. Well, you know, the, the you know, in 1990, uh, what was it? Six. The Braves coming off their their only World Series championship mm-hmm. in Atlanta uh, in 1995 in the strike-shortened season. Uh, win the first two games going away. Yeah. Like 10 to nothing, 11 to 2 in New York. And go back to Atlanta and promptly lose all three. Yeah. That's, so, the, Laritz, that's the Laritz game year. Yeah. And that's the one I had tickets to and I didn't go to the game. Never right. been to a World Series. Had tickets to that. Didn't go. Yeah. And what was the reason? What was the... Um, silly reason you oh it's perfect. To see about a girl Mis- misguided it's, work ethic thing going on not not about a girl it's not goodwill hunting wasn't that so I met my I didn't meet my wife or anything at that point um I uh 
as as is my want and certainly was my want as this a young man. Work ethic? No. In, in fact, uh, I would pay my electric bill the last possible moment every month because I was uh, I was uh, paycheck to paycheck. Uh, and I, I really didn't have to be paid. I wasn't really. But, it's you know, it was just I was just irresponsible. I was getting is well, as I well, I was 30. To whatever. In any case, um, you weren't financially uh, buttoned up. I, I just wasn't good about like if I got my back then you had to mail your 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 bill in and I'd get the bill and it'd be like all right it's not due for two weeks and I'd put it somewhere and I'd forget about it. It was just me. I was irresponsible. I was terribly irresponsible. And I I had found I found my electric bill and it was due like in a couple of days. But I thought ah, you know what I'll do I'll just go drop it off and then I'll go to I'll go to breakfast. And then I'll go to work. I'll just make it sort of a day for myself. So I went, I dropped my the bill off so the electricity wouldn't be cut off. And then I went to breakfast and then I went to work at Universal and I got home. And remember, this is pre handheld magic machine. And I didn't call to check my messages from work. I wasn't that guy. I don't know why, but that guy was probably smart. And that's why I wasn't him. Um, so I got home and found out that my friend Andy in Atlanta, who worked for Coca-Cola, had a ticket for that night's game for me. If I'd have gotten the message, if I hadn't gone to pay the, the bill, I could have called in sick to work, which I would have done gladly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anybody who wouldn't is lying, who says they wouldn't is lying. Um, and, uh, and I'd have driven up to Atlanta or I'd have, I actually probably could have, gotten a flight to Atlanta uh, and Pre-9/11. I well, and I'd given up, I'd had a ticket offered to me earlier. My roommate at the time, Tom Brooks, huge, huge Braves fan. And my buddy, Andy in Atlanta, Tom had gone up to Atlanta and seen a couple of games with my buddy, Andy. And I never, I hadn't done that. I just hadn't had an opportunity to do it to that point. So Andy called me and said, I've got a ticket for the series. You know, obviously you're my friend. I'll offer it to you. But I thought, you know, Tom's come up and I went, no, no, no. I completely understand. You got one ticket. Give it to Tommy. That'd be great. I feel good about myself. And then he came up with that extra ticket and I didn't find out. So it had it ended up going to a girl that Tom had gone out with a couple of times because he's the king of the first and second dates. I don't know. That's that's a deep dive into its own. It's a self Tom Brooks dating history. Um, But uh, and she didn't she wasn't even a baseball fan. And I guess she spent time like walking around the stadium and everyone wasn't even there for the Larratt's home run. You know, wow. meantime, I'm watching it. At, I'm watching it at home going, don't be a historic game. Don't be an historic game. Don't. But the Yankees won. That would have annoyed me. So at least I didn't have to put up with that crap. All right. Well, Joe Connolly chimes in uh, talking about the Gators. That's a perfect transition to quickly talking about the NCAA this weekend. Uh, we know this, that the SEC looks like the Big 12 right now in, in terms of defense. Uh Texas A and M. I was very surprised at that, John. I know, I know that I know the Gators have issues on defense. Yeah, but I thought that offensively, where they have been really operating on all cylinders, would have been able to kind of match match them toe to toe. But they couldn't quite do that. Last second field goal uh, for the Gators for that loss. Alabama was pushed to the brink with Ole Miss. Well, the defense is. I mean, you talk about like, the, there, there's no defense. N- nobody's defense looks good it looks like you know and 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 interestingly going into the season i kept thinking well maybe the defenses will play better because what 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 we haven't had an opportunity to do is timing from quarterback to receiver and backs i mean that's the you know the timing thing just comes from repetition 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 and we didn't get that preseason so i assumed that the defenses where you know run to the i'm I'm oversimplifying defense 
But generally, you got great athletes who can cover and, and, and can run to the ball. You would think they'd have more success. But, boy, I tell you what, it, when, when you see somebody calling plays who knows what they're doing, um, these defenses seem like they're just very vanilla. And secondaries all over the country, you know, Alabama secondary, the Florida secondary, just guys running wide open. So this is, you know, take the over. <laughs> That's my only no, bet. Seriously, like, every single everywhere. game, take the over. Everywhere, take the over. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. So uh, LSU loses to Missouri. That's tough. They've now, got two losses now. The Ed Orgeron already being called Gene Chizik, by the way, which is the guy who, you know, gets to one championship. Former uh, Auburn head coach, right? Yeah, and won with Cam and then is exposed. So they're thinking, you know, Joe Burrow was a generational quarterback for LSU and he carried them. They still have a lot of great players. I don't know that I think that that's necessarily true, but uh, it's um, the the SEC it, is not the SEC of, of the past. And the SEC West may actually not be as good as the SEC East, which is weird. Right. I mean, Missouri's in the East. Right. Yep. And so and uh, obviously Florida. Now they lost. But A&M's in the east. Right. Georgia. Yeah. Georgia is A&M no, in, the A&M's in, in the west. Uh, Georgia's in the east. Obviously, out west, you have Alabama. Auburn doesn't look like uh, much. Tennessee's in the east. They had an off week, but I, they're they're on the come. Um, you know, Ole Miss is going to get a lot of love now. But I think what Ole Miss is going to do is exactly what we saw with Alabama was they're going to score a lot of points and probably not parlay that into a lot of wins. Um, it's, 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 it's anybody's, this could be the year for Notre Dame, Mark, by the way, this could be Notre Dame's year, but you know, Notre Dame, I mean, I wouldn't, they beat Florida state by 16, but I I don't think they covered. I don't think they covered. I think, yeah, that it's just about win. you know, I I don't worry so much about that. It's not the beauty contest and Florida state still has good athletes. I, you know, they haven't gotten good quarterback play. Certainly they are. They aren't there, but they've had a lot of coaching changes as of recently. There's yeah. still good players on that team. They're kind of a mess. They really are. Clemson is looked sort of unstoppable. Miami, who was number seven at the time, kind of got overrun. Alabama, you know, needs 63 points to, <laughs> to win. But the thing is, they were able to score 63 points. You know, it's at a, at a point they know they're in a in a shootout, and uh, and and it's obvious that Lane Kiffin's a little spurrier, like in a, in and of the fact that his passing game concepts and even some of those run pass options um, are ahead of where defensive coordinators would be. And I think it has to do with him as much as it does this the pandemic season that we're looking at. I mean, he's going to score a lot of points there. It's just a no, question: Could they ever it, be a well well rounded team? It's a good matchup, though, for exciting fun. Uh, innovative offense. I'm glad we got him week one. That's all I have to say. That's true. Georgia takes care of Tennessee pretty nicely. Uh, now the number fourteen that was Florida, and and you know they they fell. Now Notre Dame beat you know Florida State, so Notre Dame's going to be fourth in the country now. North Carolina was eight. They beat Virginia Tech. They needed fifty six points to do it. However, and they scored fifty six points. Virginia Tech had forty five. Oh, by yeah. the way. It's just nuts. It is. It is uh, college football. I mean, it's actually pretty fun to see. And the, and the Big Twelve again playing themselves out of it. I think Texas had an opportunity uh, to. They, they, they lost them. They they had they got they brought Oklahoma to four overtimes or something like that. Yeah, yeah four four overtimes. But you know, Tom Herman has not had the success at Texas that I think people expected him to have when he came from Houston. 
Um, they've lost like 12 Big 12 games in his period of time there or something yeah. insane like that. But a lot of them have been close. So it's, it feels to me like he's – it just takes a while. You know, I mean, being – you know, dominating at Houston is a lot different than dominating in the Big 12. Sure, it, it, it is. But, I mean, you know, uh, Oklahoma had made a quarterback change. I mean, they – Texas – had an opportunity to keep themselves in a national championship conversation. Um, particularly when you looked around, as we talked about, you know, if Alabama's going to give up that many points to Ole Miss, you know, maybe, maybe they can't afford to be as, uh, uh, you know, we always say with Alabama, they can make three or four mistakes and still beat you. Well, maybe they can only make one or two this year. Maybe, maybe they are a little bit um, vulnerable. Uh, and, and again, I, I understand that that's vulnerable as Alabama would be vulnerable, that one team could upset them in any given year. Um, but Texas had an opportunity with Ellinger uh, or however you pronounce his name, their quarterback, Sam, I believe it's Ellinger. Um, he was a gamer, man. He, get, he gets no criticism from me for that game against Oklahoma. He did everything he needed to do. But defensively, they're not very good. And, you know, this week, uh, there's no top 25 matchups between two top 25 teams outside of Georgia, Alabama. And that's going to be a great game. But right now, George, uh, Clemson's number one, Alabama's two, Georgia's three, Notre Dame is four, and North Carolina. Mac Brown. North Carolina is five. That's mm-hmm. pretty fun. So we'll see. Alabama, Georgia. What do you think? Alabama favored by six in that one. We'll get to that later in, in the week. But Take uh, the that, over. Yeah, really. Just take the over with everything. All right, let's go back to progressive trivia. Let's give us the answer. Even though Joe Connolly, who I believe is our only viewer at this point in time, yeah, already got it right. All right, spent 20-plus seasons in the majors, 12-time All-Star, 7-time Gold Glover, never played in the minors, batted 208 in postseason. Hit 450-plus home runs, 1,800-plus RBI, won a World Series, played two collegiate sports in the Big Ten. That was at the University of Minnesota. Drafted by three sports, actually. Played basketball and baseball. Top ten for the MVP seven times. Never won. Played with Joe Carter and Al Leiter. That's with uh, Toronto when he won World Series. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Played for six teams. A team owner paid a mobster to dig up dirt on me. It was actually the owner of the team he was playing with. For God's yeah. sakes. Yeah, yeah. The answer is Dave Winfield, Mr. May, as George Steinbrenner so presciently called him. And it was Steinbrenner. See, Steinbrenner had nicknames, good nicknames as well. I mean, yeah. he would have he would have been perfect if he would if he was in his seventies. That was in that place. That the Winfield period, after he came out felt the success in the Winfield period, that was that period of time when uh when uh reporters said they thought George was offended that he had to play the games that he just thought I have accumulated the best talent. So can I just move on to the playoffs and that, you know, baseball is 162 games. It's, you know, no, I love that. I love that idea though. I do. I, I, I do on paper. I'm on paper. I'm the best. Look, and they were, there's and, never and they, been a team greater than us. So and, can we just go to the playoffs? And in the Dave Winfield era, they just they did they did underperform, and he certainly underperformed in in, in playoffs. But uh, he, yeah. at the University of Minnesota, I believe he was uh, he was an All American baseball player. He's very good. I think he might have been a Big Ten All Big Ten basketball player as well. Drafted by the NFL, even though he did not play football, I believe he was drafted by the, this is back when they had you know sixteen rounds, and you know they could be like you know you could be the Win Krogers, be the fifteenth round draft choice of the Cleveland Browns. 
contest and get drafted by them. But he, I think he was drafted because they thought Kroger. he was just Kroger. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that they thought he was an arc type of a, a tight end and probably would have been a great big hand, yeah. tall guy, great athlete. So Dave Winfield, I've interviewed him. He was great. He was just terrific. Yeah. Great guy, Dave Winfield. Yeah. All right, that does it for us. Uh, we're going to wrap it? it up. There's What's nothing. That? Well, look at this, 259. 259.33. So here we go, 34, 35. No, what? We, for John Pelkey, there's got to be something Martin else. Pereira. No, there's, what about the French NFL, Open? MLB, right, we talked about the French Open. NBA, we also or got music in there. Some of our listeners, the Freedom Open. I don't know. It's why. Why are we not talking about Nine, it? 987 for Jeff, John, Mark. This has been after further review. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.